When, when people, when God's people speak the truth in love, how do others respond? When people have courage to speak what they know is right, how do other people respond to you when you speak? Speak the truth. Today we're going to look at um, we're going to look at one such person of the story of about John the Baptist and his faith and how John, uh, as Jesus was going out preaching, his disciples, um, uh, many were attributing many were attributing Jesus to uh, others out there, specifically John the Baptist. For John, and then we're going to look at how John had the courage to speak the truth, and thus, therefore, he uh, lost his life as a result of that. And then we're going to look at how the disciples returned to Jesus, testifying of what God had done, and how God had told them to rest once they had uh, finished um, their uh, testifying to Jesus. passage this morning is going to be uh, Mark chapter 6 verses 14 through 32 as we continue in our series in the gospel of Mark. So John chapter 6 verses 14 through 22, 32. Uh, read along with me. And King Herod heard of it, for his name had become well known, and people were saying, John the Baptist has risen from the dead, and that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. And others were saying, he is Elijah. And others were saying, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he kept saying, John, who might be headed, has risen. For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. But John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias had a grudge against him wanted him to put him to death, and could not do so. But Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. And when he had heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. A strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and her dinner guests, and the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give it to you, up to half my kingdom. And he went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in a hurry to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths, and because of his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded him to bring back the head. And he went and had him beheaded in prison. And he brought his head back on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard about this, they came and took away the body and laid it in the tomb. The apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. 
And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. And we're going to be looking at three specific points here today. Others were saying, John's fate, and the apostles gathered together. So, um, our first point is, others were saying. This is going to be verses 14 and 15. King Herod had heard of all that Jesus was doing. What was Jesus doing? What had, Jesus, what had we looked at before, prior to this? Jesus was in Galilee, in the area where he grew up, where his hometown was. And Jesus had been preaching. Jesus had been teaching with power like none other. He had been casting out demons. He had been healing people. So we see all of this prior to uh, what, we, what we're reading today. Jesus was doing some tremendous things. Now, Herod heard of all these things that Jesus was doing. So he heard about Jesus. He heard about him. He didn't actually hear him. That's a very important point to make. He heard about Jesus. But he didn't actually hear him or see him. That's important. Because at this point, what happens here? Um, Jesus' name had become well known. So everybody in the, in the community, everybody in that region had heard about Jesus. They had heard about him. And people were saying, well, John the Baptist is risen. That's why these miraculous powers are at work in Jesus. And others were saying that Jesus was Elijah. And others were saying that he was a prophet. So, not only was King Herod saying um, that um, he'd heard about what Jesus was doing, but others in the community had heard about that. So, not only was the king and those in power hearing about Jesus, but there was others in the community hearing about Jesus, but not actually necessarily attributing or necessarily seeing Jesus. So we see here that the people, and they were attributing what Jesus was doing to either John the Baptist had risen from the dead. He was Elijah. Who was Elijah? Elijah was one of the major prophets in the Old Testament um, who did many miraculous, um, who did many miraculous uh, miracles uh, for the Lord. He was a great prophet. And they attributed him to one of the prophets of old than some of the other prophets that were in the Old Testament. So, the people were looking at Jesus. They were, hear, well, they were hearing about Jesus. And they were looking at him, and they were making assumptions about who he was. Maybe he's John the Baptist. Maybe he's Elijah. Maybe he's one of the prophets. So what they were doing specifically was is that they were putting labels on Jesus without actually seeing him without actually investigating what was going on. They heard, but they never actually saw him. They never actually had interaction with him. And that's so often what we do sometimes, don't we? Is that we put labels on people. We put labels on people without actually having seen them or getting to know them. We hear about them. We read about them but we don't actually know who they really are. And so therefore there's 
a convenient category that we pick, that we put people in, put them in this category, this category, this category, without really knowing who they are or what they're about. Right? That's really, and that's without really getting to know someone. You can put a label on someone without really getting to know them, or rather, without really having interaction with them, without really getting to have um, a relationship with them. Did any of these have a relationship with Jesus? No. Did they know? Did they know about him? Yeah, they knew about him, but they were there was assumption there was they heard about him, but they never actually had a relationship with him. And so therefore what happened is they put wrong assumptions on him and, and wrong labels on him. And we can do that too. We need to be careful about that. Is that if you don't really know a person, don't just assume because you heard about them or because you heard information about them or because you were taught something about someone to put a label on them without really getting to know them or really having a relationship with them. And that's really important. And that's what happens in the church sometimes, too. Is that we put labels on people without really getting to know those people or having a relationship with people to find out who they really are. And so therefore what happens is that we can put on, we can put these labels on people that can really hurt people. So we need to be careful about that. Just like Herod and all the others put these labels on Jesus and who he was and assuming who he was, not necessarily getting to hear him or getting to actually see what he was doing or getting to have a relationship with him, they actually just heard about him. And they've put their own assumptions on there. So we need to be careful about that. Lest we do the same thing as well for us. Um, we see here, uh, and our second point is, is that they were saying that... Um, uh, the thing is, and I guess this is the other point too that the Lord was just showing me was, is that we need to give credit to Jesus. We're all so quick to give credit to everyone else rather than giving credit to Jesus. So it's really important that they were putting all these labels on all these other people without really giving credit to God and to, the, and to Jesus who was doing these things. Because ultimately, who has the power to be able to heal? Who has the power to be able to speak with ability and with power? Who has the, who has the ability to be able to cast out demons or set people free. Jesus. But yet they weren't willing to receive that. They were willing to say, put, say, say attribute that to other people other than Jesus. Well, what about Jesus? Is Jesus actually doing these things? Or is it someone else? And that's sometimes we do that as well. We attribute the things that God is doing in our lives or in other people's lives as to something else other than Jesus. And we need to be careful about that as well. Attribute to God what is God and what Jesus has done rather than, um, rather than uh, putting it on someone else. Is it too, so hard to believe that God does the miraculous? Is it so hard to believe that Jesus does wonderful things? To set people free, to, to speak wonderful words, to speak words of wisdom and understanding to heal people? Is it so hard to believe that? Why do we attribute so many, so, so many of these things to other things other than to Jesus? And we need to be careful. 
Our second point is John's fate. So when Herod hears of it, what does he do? He says, John the Baptist has risen. So he attributes, who does he attribute it to? This is verse, verse 16. Who does he attribute to? John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist had risen. He knew about John the Baptist. He heard about John the Baptist. Because what did John the Baptist do? John the Baptist went around preaching repentance um, and salvation for the kingdom of God. For, through Jesus. And John was a powerful preacher. We know that he ate locusts and wild honey. But we also know that John spoke the truth. He spoke for God. He was a mouthpiece for God. John was considered a prophet. A New Testament prophet. And he was actually Jesus' cousin. So we see here that Herod had heard about him and Herod had known about John the Baptist. So Jesus, he's attributing what Jesus was doing to John the Baptist rising from the dead. So what happened to John the Baptist? Well, here's the story about what happened to John the Baptist. Because this is really important here too. Um, there's some life lessons here that we can learn about the fate of John the Baptist. Um, it says here, um, it says here that uh, John speaks out against Herod for taking his brother's wife. Okay, so what do we see here? Let's look at verse. Let's look at verse. Uh, verse. Uh, this um, verse 17. It says for John. Verse 18. For John had been saying to Herod. It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And so if you look at verse 16, what happened to John? John was what? He was thrown in prison. Why? But so what's so wrong with that? Well, it's the king. And the king can do pretty much basically whatever he wants to do. But what John, being a righteous man, meaning that he does what's right, spoke out against him. Because what he did was, was what did, how did John put the words? It is, what? Unlawful. So John was speaking the truth. He had taken his brother's wife, which was unlawful, according to the Jewish law. And wasn't right. So we see here that um, John spoke what he felt was right before the, in the eyes of God. And he wasn't afraid. So what character trait do we see in John here? What character trait, and this is really, really, really important for us, he had spoke with courage, didn't he? And so often, courage is not always um, uh, found in a lot of places. But John was able to find the courage in his faith in, in God and be able to speak the truth when he knew to speak before God. But what ended, what ended up happening? As a result of John speaking in courage, speaking the truth, to, what was, to the king of all people, what did he do? He spoke the truth, and where, it, where did it land? It landed him in prison. John had the courage to speak what was right. But when he spoke what was right, it, it, got, him, it got him into prison. Sometimes we need to be careful. If God is telling us to do something, and God is telling us to speak the truth, there's a Bible verse that says, speak the truth in love. And if God's telling us to speak the truth in love, 
we need to have the courage by God's grace to be able to speak. No matter who the people are. No matter who they are. And here was the king. If God is telling us there's something that God has shown us and we need to be clear that this is what God has shown us and we need to speak the truth and we need to speak it in love. But when you speak the truth in love, know that sometimes they may, there may be consequences. There may be consequences to it. For John, it was getting thrown in prison. For us, it may be something else. But remember, who always has your back? God does. Absolutely. God, when you do what's right before God, who's going to cover your back? God will. God will take care of you. Every time, every way. Yeah, John was thrown in prison, John's life was taken, but John was going to a better place anyway. Right? God, John was going to be going home to be with God. But sometimes we have to have the, number one, we have to have the courage to speak what's right. Number two is that sometimes it's going to, there's going to be consequences to that. But knowing, number three is knowing that God has your back no matter where you are, no matter what you do. I'll give you another example, and, it's, and I use this illustration often, but it makes a, it makes a great point. Um, Corey Tenboom, who was a um, who was a, a, uh, a person that was of Dutch uh, descent, um, heard a family were hiding Jews in their home during uh, Nazi occupation of Europe. And, the, and they were hiding Jews there so the Nazis wouldn't capture them and put them in concentration camps. So Corey Temple and her family were eventually found out and they, were, and they were thrown into a concentration camp, which is prison. But they did what was right. They did what, was, what God was telling them to do. To hide the Jews and take care of the Jews because the Jews are who? They're God's people, right? And God was telling them to take care of them. But as a result, what happened? They were put into prison. Just like John. But in, during that time in the prison, she wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And in the book, in The Hiding Place, um, she, there was a line there while she was in prison. During, while she was in prison, her father had passed away, her sister had passed away, and then, I don't, I'm not sure about her mom. But um, a lot of her family members had passed away while they were in concentration camp. And one of the things was, is that she wrote in her book while she was in prison, she said, there is no pit so deep that God is not yet deeper still. Right? So there is no pit in our lives, there is no thing, such circumstance and situation in our lives that is so deep that God is not yet deeper than that pit that we're in. Right? And then God, eventually, uh, by a miraculous circumstance, was able, she was able to uh, come out. Um, and be able to um, uh, be safe after the end of the war, the end of World War II. But see, God took care of her, and God was able to uh, provide for her. But she, she did. She and her family did what was right. They protected God's people, and as a result, was it was hard. It took courage to do that, didn't it? But God took care of them. God, and God provided for them. And that's the same thing it, it is with us. So that's a big lesson to learn. God will take care of us in the midst of it. Whether he chooses to take us home or whether we are, um, he chooses to set us free.
So let's go on here. Um, Herod was afraid, verse, uh, and we look at this, it says, Herod was afraid of John. Um, uh, they've been saying to us, it's not lawful to take your brother's wife, verse 19. Herod, and then Herodias, his wife, and this is his brother's wife, held a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so. So here his wife held a grudge against John the Baptist. But John, but Herod did what? Herod liked, Herod was afraid of John. Well, why was he afraid of John? Here's the king. Why would the king be afraid of a prophet? Because John spoke the truth. He spoke the truth. And he knew that what John said was right. Even though he knew that what John said was right, he still had him thrown in prison. He knew what he was supposed to do, but yet he threw him in prison, even otherwise. So we see here that um, even though those of us who know the right thing to do, even though we know that what the person is saying is right, we still do what was wrong, right? So here, they, he knew what John was saying was right, but he didn't do anything about it. He took retaliation on John. And that's important. Is if people are speaking to us, if people are saying things to us, and it's hard to say, and it's hard to receive, how do we respond to that? How do we receive that? Do we humbly and humility receive? Okay, yeah, uh, I don't understand. So I'm not. It's not. Uh, I need to do something about this. Or we can retaliate on another person for doing what they're doing and hurt them. And that's really important. Is another point is is to receive what other people are saying if they're doing it out of genuine love and they're doing it because God has shown them to do that. How do we receive it? Do we receive it? I'm um, saying in humility and saying, okay, God, I got this. Thank you for sharing that with me. Or do we use it as retaliation against the other people? We need to be careful with that. And it says here, um, it goes on here, and we look at verse um, at, at verse 21. Um, it says here, a strategic came day when Herod's birthday he gave a banquet for the Lord, his military commander. So um, everyone who was important in the community, everyone who was important in the kingdom, was there at his birthday party. If you're a king, you want all the important people there, right? You want all the special people there. If you're special, you want all the special people there. And this is what King Herod had. So his wife was there. And not only was his wife, well, his wife wasn't specifically at the party, but um, his daughter... His wife's daughter, Herodias, her daughter was, what did she do? She was there as well. And what was she doing? She was dancing. So as a result of that, this pleased Herod so much that he was so excited so exhilarated by her dancing that he made a, he made a, he made a promise that he couldn't, they should not kept. So what happened here? So he says here, we go on here, it says, and he swore to her, whatever you ask me, verse 23, I will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. He didn't have the authority to give half of his kingdom away anyway. But he was making promises that he couldn't fulfill. So it pleased him so much that he was willing to give away half his kingdom, but it pleased him so much that he was willing to do any, basically what he's saying, he's willing to do anything he could in order to please his 
um, the daughter of his wife. So we see here that sometimes Herod was willing to do rash, rational, rational thinking, rational things in order to accomplish in the moment what should not be done. In other words, he was making a rash decision in the moment because of the, the excitement of the moment, because of the thrill of the moment, the moment, it was his birthday. All these religion, all these leaders were around him. And he was, and, and he, and his daughter was doing this, his, his, uh, his stepdaughter was doing all the, this dancing. And so he felt like he needed to give her something because he was just so thrilled about it. You ever get in a situation where in the moment it's exciting and we're caught up in the moment and we're caught up in the whole situation and then we make something or we say something or we make a promise or we say a promise that we know is either going to, we can't keep or we're not going to be able or it's going to, it's, it's going to cost us something. We really don't think about it. In the moment we make that situation, we make that circumstance and we, and we make that situation what ends up happening. We end up finding out that this that we made some rash decisions here, we made some rash choices. So he comes and he figures out, um, and Herod and what and Herod was really shocked by the answer. What did she ask for? And, and she asked for immediately she came into Harry to the king and asked, she went to her mom and her mom said, Do what? Give me the head of John the Baptist. What happened to his mom? Remember her mom? Had a grudge against John, didn't she? So what did the mom want? She wanted revenge on John. And so she asked for the head of John the Baptist. Isn't that pretty amazing? That's pretty... All for the king getting excited that the, his daughter danced. Someone's life was taken. He made, he made a note. He didn't know that what's well, gonna. She didn't know. He didn't know what he, she was gonna ask for. But what ended up happening was he made a rash oath, made a rash promise, and ended up ended up costing John Baptist's life. And I think we need to be careful, again, about the things we say, because it could end up hurting other people as a result of that. It may not cost them their life, but it may cost end up hurting people. And so we need to be very careful about that. Let's end up, let's go on here. As we go on, and it says that John, um, and then verse 25, I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist. And then verse 26, this is so important. And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oath and because of his dinner guest, he was unwilling to refuse him. So what was he doing? What was what emotion was what emotion was uh, present here, or what act, what attitude was present here? I should say what attitude? Pride. He was willing to say who was at the party. His lords, his guests, his military commanders. So he was willing to to do what? Um, very sorry because of the oath, because of his dinner guests. He was unwilling to refuse her. He didn't want to lose face in front of who? 
is get saying that rather than saying no, I can't do that, I know I won't do that. But because of his guests, because of the people that were there, he wanted to save face, and so he, he said he was unwilling to refuse it. And it, so he took had John the Baptist had taken. And so often what happens is sometimes, because we don't want to lose face in front of other people, we end up doing things that we know we shouldn't really be doing. Right? We shouldn't be doing. That he wasn't unwilling to go against and refuse that request. He was a king. He could do whatever he wanted. Right? He didn't. He chose to keep his face, to save the face in front of his friends, in front of his people. And John's life was taken. And we need to have the courage in situations and circumstances to do what's right, even though there's pressure on us to not do what's right. Okay? We need to have the courage to speak up and, and say, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Even though we may have, instead of confessing, saying, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have we should have the humility, by God's grace, to be able to say, no, you know what, I made a mistake, I'm wrong, but I'm not going to do that. And as a result of that, what ends up happening is that um, people's lives can be spared, people's hearts, people's reputations can be spared as a result of that. Let's go on here. And it says, and then immediately the executioner was commanded him and John, they brought John's head back on the platter to his to the daughter and to the daughter brought it to the mother. So John's life was taken as a result of Herod refusing to go against his own pride. And then the last and then it goes on here it says after the disciples heard about this they came and took away his body and laid it in a tomb. John's disciples were devoted to him. And they were willing to take his body and lay it in the tomb. And take care of him. And provide for him. And provide for his needs. And this, and this is the same way it is with us with Jesus. Is that where is our devotion to Jesus? Are we willing to go all the way to the end and take, take care of take care, um, things with Jesus? And do we love Jesus that much that we're willing to do that? And then lastly... He comes back, the apostles come and report to Jesus of all that he had done and taught. And they went out and preached repentance. The apostles came, and what did they do with Jesus? They came and they told Jesus what? They came and, and they followed Jesus' instructions. Here, verses 30, verses um, 30 through 32. They followed Jesus' instructions. And then what ended up happening? They told all that they had done. They they, they, they preached with power, they cast out demons, and they had uh, brought healing to people. And they were excited about what they were doing. And what did they do? They gave the credit to Jesus. They gave the credit to Jesus. And so often it's important for us to realize that, remember I, as I said at the beginning, was is that Herod was giving the credit, and people were giving the credit to what Jesus was doing to other things or other people, rather than to Jesus. And what were the disciples doing here? The disciples were giving the credit to who? To Jesus and the work he was doing through them. The work that he was doing in them and through them to accomplish these things. And so important, God will give us success in our lives. 
as we follow Jesus' instructions, as we do what he tells us to do, he will give us, he will give us what? He will give us success, success in what we do. But what do we need to do? We need to take the time to give the credit back to Jesus. And let others know, it's not because of me, it's not because of my work, it's not because of a great worship ministry or a great ministry that I have in the church. It's because of Jesus operating in me and in, in and through us. And so often we can't take the credit. We can't take the credit for the things that God has done, lest we get in trouble. Remember, it's all about who? It's all about Jesus and the work that He's done. And any success that we see in our lives, anything that happens in our lives, is not a result of the great things that we have done, but it's all as a result of what God has given us. The gifts that He's given us, the ability to be able to do things, the successes that He gives us, goes back to who? It goes back to Jesus and what He has done. And He credits, and he credits all those things for Him. I'll give you an example. This is just a light example. But so often there's some uh, Christian athletes that I that I see on TV and I know on TV that I've seen. And some of the, sometimes when they like score a touchdown or they get a basket or they win the game, so often what they do is sometimes what they do is they, they do this. And what are they doing? They're pointing to who? They're pointing to Jesus for the gifts and the abilities that, that they've got. They've got and for what they were able to accomplish. And giving the credit back to the credit to where it's due. And that's with Jesus. Because ultimately that's where our success comes from. Ultimately that's where things are going to happen. And then lastly, um, Jesus calls his disciples and tells his disciples, get some rest. Let's go aside. There's a lot of things that we've done, a lot of things that have accomplished. Take some time and get some rest so you can get refreshed. And that's one of the important things about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is what? The Sabbath is for a time to rest. Whatever that is, Jesus calls each one of us to take some time to rest. No matter who we are, no matter how old we are, to accomplish things. We've got busy lives, we've got busy things that we're doing. And we need to take time to rest so we can get refreshed. And it's good for our mental health, it's good for our physical health, for emotional health, all these things. It's important. So we see here, uh, we see here three specific, we see here some points here. Give the credit to Jesus, point back to Him. Speak the truth in love, you have courage. You may suffer as a consequence, but be, be devoted to Jesus in the end. And then follow Jesus' instructions, see success, testify of His success. Because Jesus, because of Jesus to one another, to encourage one another, and get some rest. Always point to Jesus. I guess that's the ultimate story. Have courage, speak the truth, and always point to Jesus. In Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for a great day, a good day. Jesus, thank you for uh, being in our midst and being here. Jesus, help us help us to be people of courage, help us to speak the truth in love. Help us not to put labels on people, but to, um, but to uh, find out who you really are. And Jesus as well, help us to um, know that sometimes when we speak the truth, there may be consequences, but knowing that you'll be with us. And Jesus, help us to um, point to you and, get our, and find our rest in you, Jesus, here today. 
Help us, Jesus, just to hear and to receive. Please, God, we pray. Thank you for what you're going to do. Bring salvation, sanctification here today. Bring healing, bring light, bring provision. We pray. And we thank you, Father. Uh, let's close the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Father, please enlist your people now with your peace and your joy. And give us your courage, O oh God, to do what's right. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.